Assalamu alaikum. My name is Marwa and I am the founder and host of the Powerpuff Ukbi podcast. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Rabbishrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli. I am 20 years old, born and raised in Wolverhampton. I'm the only daughter. Um so as the only daughter growing up, I did feel extremely lonely and as my brothers were being born um second one came around and i was like okay another one another one thank you <laughs> and then the third one came and i was praying i was praying so hard he would be a girl and when i found out that he was a boy i cried so much um and then the fourth one came around and i was like okay i'll just accept it um so when i came to uni i found such amazing sisters Alhamdulillah, I found my sisters and I walked around in uni and I would put, I literally, I walked around, I was, I, it was like I was shopping for them. I spotted them, I was like, you cutie, you're coming home with me. I would put them in headlock, I would grab them by the hijabs. Um, and yeah, it, that's where it all began. So, why I'm making this podcast um, leading on from the fact that I was the only sister and I always felt extremely lonely. Um, but that all changed when I got into uni. And I learned a lot. And as I've grown up, my mom has always said that I've always had a lot to say. Um, and now is my chance to basically get it all out. I have a lot of questions. A lot of them, uh, some of them I have answers for, some of them I don't have answers for. Um, so I want to basically discuss um, the ones that I ha don't have the answers for um, for our generations and the generations to come for the Muslim the Muslim women and where her strength lies so where you can find that strength um, and it will only I feel as though it's getting down it's going downhill it's going downhill really fast um, in terms of where the the Muslim women are trying to find their strength so it will only get worse in the coming generations. So I'm hoping that my great, 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 great granddaughter is watching this, is listening. You better be listening properly, sis. Um, and I'm going to hand it over now to my special guest. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Iman. I'm very honored to be the first guest on this podcast. I found Marwa in uni. I'm saying found like... I'd store her on the floor there. But yeah, I met Marwa in uni when she was on her hunt for sisters. I was also on that hunt because I myself am an only girl. I'm also the oldest. And let me tell you, it is a completely different life to having sisters than it is to having brothers. Is it not? Mm-hmm, 100%. Absolutely. You will see it in everything you do, your mannerisms, your sense of humor, um, how you deal with emotions, how you express yourself, absolutely everything will be different. Um, myself and Marwa are actually in the uni's Islamic society. Not only are we in it, we lead it. I'm the president and Marwa is my vice. So yeah, this is an even better way for me to spend time with Marwa and just, yeah, talk about lots of things, inshallah. Don't worry, guys, this won't be the last you see of me. I will come in future episodes, inshallah, as well. <laughs> You'll have to speak to my management. <laughs> okay, so one of my first questions, which I think I found the answer for. My mom, 
do you know my mom actually used to say to me from what I was just saying that my mom used to say to me that you always have a lot to say and she would say that everything that I say is too complicated like I'm like a brain box so I think it was her way of saying that I bring neuroscience into everything so I'm a neuroscience student uh, going into my third year now um, actually you know what she was trying to say is that I'm being philosophical no that's one thing I noticed about Marwa as well is that she brings a lot of psychology into things but I like it a lot because it's actually very interesting to know that you don't just act the way that you act there's reasons behind it yeah um, so I was thinking one day um, of course as Muslims we read upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and what Prophet Muhammad sallallahu used to teach and the stories that the, this amazing man used to live how we should follow him however at the end of the day we are women and he was a man um, and there are certain things that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu used to do used to carry out in his day to day life how he used to speak to people how he used to go out and do dawah um, how he used to fight on the battlefield growing up as a Muslim woman there were a lot of points in my life where I wasn't put down as a woman but there were differences that I had to understand and I wasn't against those differences but the way they were taught to me um, sorry not taught to me but when I was out in society um, how people would act with me so um, a small example would be I wouldn't be taken seriously um, if I was to do something a man would do I wouldn't be taken seriously in a working field let's say um, or if I was trying to um, do with the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad I wouldn't be taken seriously in certain aspects honestly when you go out to work you pretty much see it the most yeah. when you deal with things like you find that the men they're dealt with much better than the women are with women it's not taken seriously because it's seen as you know unreasonable emotional hysterical these type of things and you're kind of just humbled by that but you shouldn't be you shouldn't be humbled by it so i'm going to read it out if some women were to say for example how do we follow the messenger of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some affairs that are particular to women in with which women cannot imitate him we say that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has surely ennobled women with a resemblance to the prophet muhammad sallallahu as his part resembles him for he sallallahu said fatima is a part of me that is to say she's a piece of him and not separate from him from him therefore if a muslim woman imitates fatima an, then she has truly truly imitated the essence of the sunnah of the chosen one muhammad sallallahu and attained by that a great reward so I was like, oh my days, there's actually a woman that I can follow. Am I am I dumb? There's so many women. There's the Sahaba, there's uh, Fatima and, and Khadija and Asia, um, all these amazing women of Jannah. Um, but Fatima and I feel as though um, is not as well known. And so I went and I decided to read upon it to make myself feel human. Um, and I read quite a lot of things about Fatima and life. Did you know that um, one day Prophet Muhammad he was praying in front of the Kaaba, and one of his ops, one of his enemies, yeah, um, he basically threw. Um, he was throwing dirt on Prophet Muhammad back whilst he was praying. 
and Fatima radiyallahu anh was watching this she was watching all of it and she ran to her father and she was like trying to comfort her father whilst he was praying she was crying tears were flooding down her face mm-hmm. um and she took it upon herself throughout her whole life to support her father and really stand by his side and i was thinking you know in our day and age as women um we i feel like it's really it's fantasized really badly um that as a woman you need to be treated well you need to be respected well you, you need to be treated with royalty 100k mahar or yeah get lost um like i don't need to do housework uh, prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to help his wife um if my father tells me that i need to get married to um a man like i'm going to say no straight away because he's forcing me he may not be like i'm not i'm not taking this for face value i'm not applying this to every single scenario what i'm saying is women's women can sometimes take their rights to face value um is is being fantasized basically to be a woman mm-hmm. whereas fatima radiyallahu and she took it upon herself to support her father throughout all the struggles that he had been through she was basically the female warrior for him she stood by his side she didn't think okay like at this age i'm having to deal with the loss of my mother the loss of my children as well um she didn't uh, ruminate over that she took it upon herself to support her father and his work and i just think it's it's if we had taken if we follow that then a lot of the issues that arise in families would go away mm-hmm. Yep. The thing is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's achieved so much. He's gotten through so much. And whenever you see anyone that has achieved so much, you think, okay, they must have a good support line. And honestly, you can't get things done without big support. And Fatima radiyallahu anha was that for him. And it's just it's such a special thing to have to have someone support you to have your back like that. This is something that I've seen in a lot of women um or not even just women uh you walk into a bookstore um and you go and pick up a self help book and everything is about individualism in our society in our day and age um you'll flick onto literally any page and it will tell you that you need to love for yourself you need to live for yourself um if if that person isn't doing you right it doesn't matter if they're about to get burn mm-hmm. or literally chased by a chicken across the road i don't know you just need to you need to live your life um if that's at the expense of anyone else's happiness don't like it's it's none of your business type of thing like i think it's his name's vex king one of his books which is is it's really it's it can help in a certain way but i think in our society people are taking it um they're reading line for line and it's it's getting too out of hand yeah um for example fatma radiyallahu anha she had actually had such coarse hands from the work that she was doing at home um she was cleaning i know shaka like everyone was going to be like no we don't need to clean for muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to help his wives no fatma radiyallahu anha used to clean to the point where her hands used to go coarse and I've, i've been at events I've, i've been at weddings actually the recent wedding that i went to and um i was sat next to a bunch of aunties and the conversation that they start speaking about is 
oh like sister my hands are so dry like look at these young women and they're like pointing at me they're like look at our hands look at her hands like these girls don't know work yeah. they don't know um what life is like we need to wash the dishes we need to wash the clothes we need to cook we need to flip the rotia you know what <laughs> i mean and i'm like okay i'll see you in 30 years time yeah then we can compare but um uh fatima radiallahu and she there's records of, there's a uh, reading say that she passed away at 77 mm-hmm. only 27 we're like 20 now yeah 27 it's nothing and she had extremely coarse hands and ali radiallahu and her husband noticed and he went to prophet muhammad and of course at this time prophet muhammad had established um islam he had quite a high status Um, I'm not talking in terms of wealth But he had the facilities Mm -hmm. um, To give what Ali Radiallahu anh wanted And that was uh, a maid So he had asked her for advice On whether they should um, Not advice sorry He wanted a maid and that's what he had said to Prophet Muhammad And the Prophet Didn't answer Um, And he came home that day And he sat next to Aisha um, Fatima radiallahu an mm-hmm. and Ali radiallahu an and he sat so close to them that they could feel his body heat. Yeah. So it's like these interpersonal skills that we learn in school, like eye contact and all of yeah. this. <laughs> I am someone, we are completely different. So I am somebody who can't do eye contact. I cannot do it. You'll but speak Marwa... to Iman, you'll speak to Iman, yeah. Despite her height, she'll look down. <laughs> she will look down like anywhere but me. Honestly, brothers, take notes off of me because I lower my gaze more than anybody else does. I cannot look somebody in the eye. Marwa, however, stares into my soul. She stares into people's soul. There is a hole. I have money holes in my body because Marwa just sees holes in them because she stares so much. And she does it without realizing as well. And subhanAllah, mashallah, she has quite big eyes as well. So it's just, it, they're just glaring at you as well. So that is just, yeah, that is a very... That is a topic I'm very passionate about, so I'll, <laughs> I'll contain myself. So, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu sat extremely close to them both, so they could feel his body heat. And he had said um, to both of them, "Should I tell you something that is better than what you asked for?" And they said, "Yeah, tell us." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Read Subhanallah thirty-three times, Alhamdulillah thirty-three times, and Allahu Akbar thirty-four times." Something that we do after Salah was better in the eyes of Prophet Muhammad than for a maid and for the opportunity for Fatima and to rest yeah. um, and um, fix the way her hands used to look. I think that's beautiful. I have heard about like reciting those words after each prayer and honestly it makes a difference like when you're just constantly doing dhikr, like, you know, you take your mind off of things going on in your life and it's it's really mm-hmm. beautiful thing to do. And what I think it relates to is the examples that I was giving before. This is something that I would... I was thinking, okay, so this dhikr is better than the beauty of the hands of Fatima And of course, Prophet Muhammad was her father like all fathers they want the best for their daughters they may mm-hmm. not say it in the right way yeah. um of course everyone has imperfections but he wanted the best for his daughter and he thought that the adhkar were better 
than the way her hands looked. Yeah. A father wouldn't want her daughter to go out past, let's say, six or seven. Mm -hmm. Let's say the daughter has to go for work, but her father's not happy with it. And the daughter can go ahead and speak to her manager and say, okay, look, um, I can come to work before these times. Or uh, let's even something as small as to changing the rotor to I'll come in late twice a week for the happiness of my father. But women in uh, in the UK, I can understand that um, we have rights in terms of, we have protection um, in the UK, whereas to other countries um, against men. But we still go out and we know as women that we're not looked at as humans. There are sayings, um, stories in the Quran that we have learned that um, the biggest opponents that and hardships that prophets used to face were from their own families. Yeah. And how was Prophet Abraham meant to treat his father, even though his father was an unbeliever? Yeah. So how can anyone think that, okay, my father or my mother has told me that I can't go out to work? Yes. That's it, I'm moving out. Yeah. I'm 18, I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still reading Quran, I'm still reading Salah. Um, I'm going. It's my, it's my life. It's, it's this individualism that's yeah. drilled into everyone's head. Yeah. Parents are very, very far from perfect, especially when you are the oldest kid, and you're experiencing the parents' first try at parenting. <laughs> you're basically, you know, you're learning with them, and it's a sacrifice the eldest child has to make because mm-hmm. they're basically learning everything as you grow up. So that's why, you know, it can sometimes be frustrating when you see the younger siblings and you're like, all right, well, I never got that or Mm. I never got... It's because they just didn't know. And even if you think about it, the age we are now, my mom was a parent at this time and I could not imagine myself being responsible for another child now. Mm. And I know 100% I would have made so many mistakes. So Mm. you can only hold them accountable to so much. And yeah, and there's also things like culture that they're kind of tied to. Because my parents are both from back home. Are yours as well? Uh, no, my dad is, not my mom. Yeah, but even then, like, you know, when they have the mindset, when their elders are from back yeah. home and they just have it instilled in them. There's some things that my mom does that I, by default, without even understanding fully, will do with my kids as well. Like, mm-hmm. something as silly as, oh, um, food that has egg on it, never put that in the dishwasher. Just wash it by hand. I will do that. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm doing it. You gotta spray it with antibacterial yeah. spray first, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it would just it will smell it's horrible. Disgusting. Yeah, that's why I just know I'll do it. It's that's how our parents are, but unfortunately they do that thing with bad teachings as well, and that is quite unfortunate. But it's very difficult to get them out the mindset, and, and you have to be very gentle with them because yeah. if Prophet Abraham had to, why did I say Abraham? <laughs> I'm not a reaver, I swear. <laughs> I knew it. I've been new. Um, Prophet Ibrahim, alayhi salam, he, his father was, uh, he wasn't a believer. Yeah. Um, he used to believe in worshipping idols. And he was told to give his father the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. So what makes anyone think that, what can go against, what can be worse than the way Prophet Ibrahim Islam's father was exactly and there are situations of people for example sisters and brothers that are reverts and their parents 
don't believe obviously there is that tension isn't there and they still have to respect them they still have to understand their concerns that yes i'm muslim and my parents aren't but you know what you do is you just you keep ties with them allah never encourages us that you know cut ties with your parents never has mm-hmm. that been encouraged mm-hmm. no matter what they do like marwa said with prophet ibrahim alayhi salam the relationship was still there regardless of the fact that his father did not even believe in allah himself for allah to still say to respect your parent that is a very big thing mm-hmm. so a lot of the opinions i've said i want to make a disclaimer that all my own personal opinions um please don't take this podcast to face value yeah um but i personally think that of course there are um there were there are what's the word exceptions yeah to scenarios but if my mother and father would like for me to do something that maybe i can say okay the quran says this i don't need to do it if i'm if i've weighed the pros and cons and it's for their happiness i will do it yeah because there is happiness in making other people happy there Especially is blessing yeah, yeah there's blessing there's baraka in making those around you happy mm-hmm. like we do it with friends yep so why can't we do it with with our parents exactly mm-hmm. 100% you see there's one thing that i've heard some people say of and for example if they were to like someone and they wanted to get married then they have that in their head that you know if their parents don't have a valid reason they're still allowed to get married out mm-hmm. the parents pretty much consent in my mind i think that is a very very last resort it's not in the case that you know mm-hmm. they say no mm-hmm. and they have their concerns obviously parents have concerns regardless of who it is they will have concerns it's not fair for us to kind of have that as like a instant option that, okay you know what we it doesn't matter if they some say no because if they don't have a valid reason we can get married anyways but would you want that for yourself mm-hmm. like for your parents not to be there not to have your support i know if i was a mother and then i had my concerns about my child um and they kind of took that the hard way and got married anyways i'd kind of be like okay but i know you best i know how you have these concerns mm-hmm. and i wouldn't want you to kind of do it without my concern like that mm-hmm. Like, when I was saying about um, individualism, people, um, the youth, like yeah. I was saying generations, they're only getting worse. Yeah. The younger generation and TikTok, oh my <laughs> days. Yeah. I open TikTok. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off topic here a bit, but every time I open TikTok, what comes up, Iman? Just garbage. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> that we spend hours on admittedly astaghfirullah i spend so much time on tiktok but like what is the specific garbage marriage yeah marriage 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 this person getting married that person getting married um this sister is going out and getting her goals and her dreams and um mashallah allahumma barak her parents are not against it um and then there's other women that are at home and for whatever reason their parents are protecting them yep um and it's all for protecting me like whatever my father will do it will be to protect me the youth are seeing that and that's what's feeding them that that they're, they're taking that and it's in their minds and then they're building resentment for their parents yeah 
um it's like two different worlds and the world from tiktok is overpowering the world that their parents are trying to teach them it is so really and i can i can see where that resentment is coming from my uh paternal grandfather has three daughters so my dad has three sisters and then there's three boys so there's sorry four sisters and then three boys so there's seven of them in total yeah so um, my paternal grandfather used to take out the boys every weekend um for the girls no the girls they stay at home they stay at home they wouldn't they wouldn't go out um of course may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward my grandfather mm-hmm. he is the character he's like six foot three he's a very good looking oh, man mashallah. Wow, mashallah he's got like green grayish eyes i always say to him i sit next to him and i'm like man if i had your eyes and if but bearing in mind if i had said this to my grandfather back 30 years ago he probably would have slapped me around my, <laughs> slapped me around my head been like Go pull yourself you. together <laughs> yeah, man. but now he laughs because he understands how to treat the daughter because yeah. he's of an old age but back then um my auntie always used to say my paternal auntie always used to say like what about me what about us where do we go like how do we have fun and then my great grandmother so my dad's grandma used to say um she was quite the character too she's she's like me basically like yeah she used to cuss everyone out type of thing yeah. so she said to her like pull yourself together look when you're gonna get married you will live the time of your life yeah she, she said you're gonna live the time of your life when you get married and when my auntie did get married oh my days she said she's always tells everyone when she got married that's when she saw how women were meant to be treated so i'm not yep. i not i don't mean like they're not meant to cook no you're meant to cook what i mean yeah. is like <laughs> um they were allowed to have education they went out with their mahrams um at suitable times when their mahrams were there to protect them um so it's that same thing that i was talking about extremism so mm-hmm. in the quran in the quran always teaches us not to have extremism yeah um so the same way that i'm trying to put across that you shouldn't be extreme and say okay um my auntie didn't go tell my paternal grandfather like what you're doing is wrong i'm going um i'm moving out she accepted it she worked with my grandfather and then she reaped the benefits and the reward for it and she still had her um her part of the share in this yep. world to go out and experience like everyone else would in suitable conditions mm-hmm. yeah life works out like that mm. and um it's this it's this thing of like working with your mahrams really being there for your brother for your father for any of the men in your household yeah um because women are there to compliment men like men are there to compliment women mm-hmm. exactly women's personalities they go well with men's personalities because they both balance each other out mm-hmm. if you see like how men speak to each other it's very like cold and blunt and just you know they're silent and then they just say okay and what else and then they speak and then they go silent again Safe. and they're like okay and what else <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's just how it's and when women are together with each other it's like it's kind of like it's how is it when women talk it's like it's full of energy and like there's so much to talk about you can go on for hours and hours yeah, and hours yeah. so that's why when women and men are together it's it's kind of it's a nice balance when mm. for example like an example of this is you know an introvert and an extrovert 
it's good for them to be friends because an introvert keeps the extrovert down on the ground. The extrovert helps the introvert raise up a little bit. Otherwise, if the introvert was with another introvert, they're not going anywhere. They're just staying on the ground. Two extroverts, they're going to be so high up in the sky, you're not going to see them again. And that is how basically men and women are together as well. It's such a good balance. And if you really look at psychology, this is Marwa's specialty, so I'm gonna, not going to say much for that aspect. But for psychology, it works really well. Mm-hmm. all right so with me growing up i grew up with just brothers as well and i didn't have any sisters which was very devastating i always always wanted sisters but you know what allah's plan it's the reason why i am the way i am and how it affected the way i was with other people the way i was with everyone else it really teaches you a lot so when you have brothers their father kind of automatically doesn't let them be as emotional as they'll let the daughter if the daughter's upset about something they're more open towards it but when the son is about something it more angers them doesn't it it (laughs) angers them it doesn't upset them it angers them my brother cried the other day and my dad oh my days he got up and he was like ayan come here what's wrong with you and then when i cry he'll be like all hope becomes soft yeah (laughs) exactly that's the thing that's how dads are so boys they just become kind of harder because of that they become hardened and they'll try putting that on the sisters as well because they were like okay you were allowed to cry but i wasn't so when the sister cries the brother's like okay well what do you want me to do yeah Mm. and so the sister naturally grows up as well by just not being able to express herself that well when something bothers her she doesn't really say it as much and just taking everything on for herself as well because with my brothers i can tell you this that they put me through emotional torture honestly I love them so much because we're both all three of us are close in age so it works well but the difference between brothers and sisters I feel like it does not matter if the sister's the oldest or the youngest it's there it's definitely there and if you look at what brothers are meant to do for you and then you look at the brothers that you have and you'll be like okay well you clearly are on the bad side of natural selection then (laughs) But yeah, with just brothers, it's very different because my friends that have sisters, you know, we know people that have just sisters or majority sisters. And how do you think their personality is? They're more like, it's so much easier for them to ask for help. I've noticed that. You know, people that have sisters, it's easier for them to ask for help than it is for us. they communicate better. They communicate better. Mm. And then for us, it's like, we just stay silent. Yeah. Or it's just straight away, it's not anger but it's not feeling upset or emotional you just feel kind of like you know okay yeah this doesn't bother me but even if it does i'm not going to say anything Mm -hmm. um but honestly if anyone's listening to this and you have a house full of sisters house full of brothers it's there for a reason like i've at the end of the day i'm grateful for how things were um i don't know if you are as well yeah 100 percent. yeah man i love being the only daughter yeah i get my way around yeah guys having your own room for basically your whole life alhamdulillah that is a blessing yeah (laughs) definitely definitely well i was a bit ashamed when my cat i got a cat like five years ago and even he turned out to be a boy i was like oh (laughs) because i thought he was a girl for a while and um yeah having a male dominated household it definitely has its benefits we can sit here and complain but at the end of the day there's so many benefits to it yeah um yeah. my brothers are quite uh they're older now so they're there for me more if i need help with something if i need 
you know if I need to be walked somewhere I drive now alhamdulillah so I don't really need that anymore but they were there for me back when I was that same way mm-hmm. and when dads get older they kind of slowly t- start to take a step back because they're getting older they're getting weaker mm-hmm. and now it's the brother's t- turn to like come in be that bigger person you know man of the house yeah yeah and it's yeah. it's quite a beautiful thing to see but definitely as long as they don't take away your value as a woman then mm. it's truly beneficial at a time in your life when you have been at your lowest yeah but what had something that you had learnt previously before that experience had happened what was that thing that enabled you to come bring yourself back up um to be honest things that you go through they're a big lesson Allah tests people he loves we all know that Allah truly tests mm-hmm. people he loves and I um listened to a podcast the other day yeah I, I'm listening to podcast I was listening to another podcast so I knew how to speak on this one and um there was this woman subhanallah she went through very very severe chronic illness and what she said in that podcast she wasn't talking about her suffering and her pain because she was literally on her deathbed and she said I was thankful that Allah chose me like I was in tears not because I was scared of death but because Allah chose me and that kind of hit really hard for me because I was thinking you know these people putting your trust in Allah so much that the worst thing can happen to you the absolute worst thing and you're just thinking thank you subhanallah Allah's chosen me like this he loves me um I've yeah this year has been a bit difficult um but what I learned from it definitely is to just definitely consult in Allah before making any decision have trust in Allah absolutely anything praise tahara pray tahajjud especially the power of tahajjud I can speak mm-hmm. about that for yeah. years every years. single dua that I've done in tahajjud subhanallah has been accepted exactly subhanallah every single dua that you have in tahajjud it's either accepted or you're giving something better mm-hmm. and just what I learned is yeah don't just rely on yourself don't just lay in bed thinking okay I'm gonna make a pros and cons list about this I'm gonna open my notes up it goes back into that individualism yeah that whole self-help thing like make pros and cons for yourself yeah no, it's not for yourself exactly only. we're not living in this world for ourselves like you know that thing about our bodies not being our but our bodies are not our own yeah exactly Mm. yeah that's why we're pretty much not allowed to you know we don't harm ourselves we don't cause ourselves pain because our body's getting returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the end you want to return it in the same good condition and not just harm you have to keep your body healthy as well Mm -hmm. if you are going through something consult other people but especially first consult Allah because it really means so much when you do everything that's what I really learned this year. Everything you do, if you do it for the sake of Allah, your life will be so much better. I remember mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends, um, she told me that absolutely everything that you do, in some way, it can be a good deed. So mm-hmm. I remember I go swimming quite often and my friend was like, oh, you know, that's sunnah. And now when you I go swimming, I think, oh, really? yeah, so, sm- uh, swimming is sunnah. No way. Even something simple as smiling, you smile at someone, you say, assalamu alaikum. It's not normal, is it? In the UK, if you mm-hmm. see another Muslim, like, um, at the at the tail or anywhere, you don't say assalamu alaikum to them, do you? Mm-hmm. Well, no. you should. You really yeah. should. And 
I used to work at a place and I'm going so off track. I'm so sorry, but I used to work at a place and when I had Muslims come up to me, sometimes I would say assalamu alaikum and they wouldn't reply. Mm, yeah. And I'd be like, excuse me, <laughs> where's the Muslim in you? Yeah. <laughs> Sister, please, can you just say wa alaikum assalam? And I would just be scanning the stuff in silence. I'd be like humbled. Yeah. But just do absolutely everything for the sake of Allah. If you love somebody, if you love a friend, if you love your parents, you love them for the sake of Allah because that way you can forgive them for things. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes mistakes. If you truly love someone and you know they're a righteous person, they make Allah happy, then you don't want to be upset with them mm-hmm. because yeah. yeah, they make Allah happy. So who am I to yeah. be upset with them? It really makes forgiveness easy on you. And like you said, when you're upset with someone, even if you put spirituality aside, if you put Islam aside, when you're upset with someone and you go to sleep upset, that harms you more than it harms the other person. If you're not communicating with them, that, you know, you've upset me, you did something and you're not forgiving them, you're going to sleep. You're not able to sleep at night because, you know, you're thinking about it. You're thinking, oh, yeah. they did me wrong. Yeah. It harms you as well. Every single thing in Islam has a reason. Every single word. Don't ever doubt anything that Allah has put because it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Especially like if we think back to what we were talking about earlier with women, sometimes you might read something and it's okay to sometimes think, okay, why is that there? But then as long as you don't doubt it and think that, oh, you know, that's not there for my for the best. It is there for the best, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, definitely life experiences have taught me that, that forgive people and just do absolutely everything for the sake of Allah. And it really helps you to work with people better. Especially because me and Marwa, are, um, we're in ISOC now, Islamic Society. It's all under Islam, so you will it's get more people. prominent to yeah, get people with opposing thoughts. Yeah, exactly. When yeah. I was in secondary, when I was in college, it was, I'm Muslim. That's mm. it. And we probably had completely different uh, experiences because Marwa grew up in Wolverhampton. And that is very, very non-Muslim centric. It was. I was the main character in school. Man, people <laughs> used to say to me, um, like you have an AK forty seven in your hijab, and then I come to oh, uni, wow. <laughs> and I now everyone has, everyone has one. <laughs> Everybody has one in their hijab. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I even to be honest, I grew up in a non-Muslim environment, but that was only until like the age of ten because I grew up in Ireland, so that was very, very. Give us, give us an accent. <laughs> you guys are not gonna hear that in the first episode, <laughs> please. <laughs> Yeah, so I grew up in Ireland. And <laughs> Why did you ask me to do it if you're just going to say, ew, <laughs> you toxic No, because I know some people who sound nice in yeah. Irish. You don't. <laughs> you know, now that she said, I'm just going to use the accent more and I'm just going to annoy her more with it because honestly, I grew up in a non-Muslim environment and nobody ate halal over there at all. Like nobody ate it. And when you asked for halal over there, it was like a 20 minute drive to the halal shop for my house. No way. Yeah, so it was really far. And that's kind of a big reason why we moved. Thank you, Iman, for coming along and being on the first episode of my podcast. It was a very big honor. Inshallah, this podcast will reach a lot of people and it will truly Inshallah. inspire a lot of people because I think we spoke about good topics today. Inshallah. Yeah. I just really want sisters to be able to. Um, feel connected and not have to um, feel suppressed by um, the mistakes that society can do um, to make them feel as though for them to exploit their role 
because it can go both ways. They can either take it to face value, as I said, or they can feel um, suppressed by it. Yeah, and basically not to feel bad for thinking a different way to what you know society wants you to think, especially in a westernized society. Yeah. And mm. that's basically what Marwa's podcast will, inshallah, do for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward everyone who had listened to this podcast. The time out. Jazakallah khair for listening, guys. Mm-hmm. Jazakallah khair. Thank you so much, Iman, for coming along, taking time out and sharing your inspirational and funny stories with yeah. us. Um, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu Allah ila illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum. Take care.